Hey yo, this is LJ. And this is Jay Hen. And right now, you're listening to On Wax the Podcast. And if you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes and you have to leave us a five-star review. You can also like us on Facebook and follow the podcast on SoundCloud and Stitcher. But if you don't, then we're going to have to put your ass on wax. Wax, wax, wax. And again, keep in mind that me and LJ are like 12. One, either you made it, or two, you're fucked. I'm not doing it on Sunday. I'm sorry. I'm going to exaggerate the fuck out of this. So we had one coach who had a permanent heart on all the time. <laughs> yeah, this shit's kind of annoying, though, but yeah. I'm buying your ass a thong. <laughs> yeah. Who would win right now? You or 55-year-old Jackie Chan? I'm about to throw the fuck up. He wants that little dick. Say it's the biggest fight of the year they may be the best team in the nba fun facts for you about dating i think different women like different things not told anybody about this story in my life on wax What up? This is Jay Hen, and right now you're listening to On Wax the podcast. And I got a very special guest in the building. Better call ass up right quick. Hold up. Hold up. Let's see what she got. I'm going to let her ring. Hello. Hello. Can I speak to Mrs. Fuego? This is her. All right, well, you're, you're, on, you're on wax right now. We are rolling right now. Okay, that's perfect. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm bueno. So we got a lot to talk about today. I have I have an agenda. I'm going to try to stick with it, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. I might get sidetracked a couple times. And for all you white people listening and do not know what fuego means, that means hot, caliente. Yeah, you know, being from San Antonio, it's funny, I realized that when I changed my name to that, that a lot of people don't really just get it right away. No, no. So, Hello. right off the bat, you're from San Antonio, correct? Um, I, I'm a military kid, so I was born in Austin, and then we moved to Florida, and I moved to San Antonio when I was about 10, so I consider that my hometown. So, from San Antonio to California, when did you know yeah. that you wanted to move? Um, I've known since the 11th grade. Oh, my God. Why California? Yeah, I actually, uh, Cal- oh, for, like, acting and comedy and all of that, like, I've always known. I, I, I knew, like, New York or California, but I never wanted to really be, like, a stage actor, so everyone was like, you gotta go to California. So I was like, okay, that's where I'm going. Well, I guess that's the next question, because that's how I got to know you. I had a I had a certain individual, I will not put him on wax right now, but he had told me, he's like, man, he's like, I know a perfect person you could, should get on the podcast. And I was like, who's that? He's like, she goes by, she's fuego. He's like, she matches your personality. He's like, y'all, y'all would be so funny together. He's like, you know, y'all are you both like acting, both talk stand-up comedy. I've never did it, by the way. So so, so, kudos to you because I've never had enough courage. But we've had stand-up comedians on the podcast in the past. And I've been you know on the edge about it and just watching them perform. I'm like, man, this is something I want to do. This is something I should do, but I have not done it. 
and, and, and again, um, me and the co-host, he's not here today, but um, we've been in theater arts since seventh grade. So we have like four years of theater arts, you know, from just wanting to be in acting and improv and, and all of the above. You know, you you knew at the 11th grade, this is something I want to do. What gave you the courage to make it happen? Did you move with anybody? Did you have any ties in California? Like, what's your story from the 11th grade to where you are now? Okay, that's cool. I like talking about that because it's a fun story. Um, <laughs> um, I I knew it was going to be expensive. And um, in the 11th grade, like I said, so I've had teachers tell me, from the very beginning, like just whether it be from, I, I don't know if you know what Oral and Surf is, but uh, that's the competitive like acting part of like speech and debate team. Okay. Um, but my teachers have always told me that that's what I need to do. Like my, um, my 11th grade theater teacher, like he gave me like a standing O at one of my final like monologues that I did. And I was like, yeah, like it felt so good because he's like, sit up. And he started clapping, and he was like, that's how you do it, Crystal Morales. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And he always just gave me really positive feedback. And then it was one of my acting professors in college. Basically, she kind of roasted me. She was like, listen, she was like, don't ever come to me and ask for an academic recommendation, because I never really tried hard in college because I was too busy working. But right. she knew she knew what I was doing. But she was like, if you ever want an acting recommendation, she's like, I'll stand in line for you. Oh, and I was shit. like, well, yeah, like I was like one of my chill moments growing up because she's like, like even my final exam, like she just put A plus and just wow. Because a lot of acting teachers will say when they write less, it's because you've already drawn them into the presentation and they just want to watch because right. you're killing yeah. it and they don't need to give you any feedback because you did what you needed to do. So... At that point, I was like, all right, like, I know I need to go out there, but I didn't have any mentors. So, like, that's that's the thing. That's the reason why it's taken me such a long time to build the confidence that I have now, because I just never knew. Like, I I didn't know about headshots and what acting classes to take and, like, what, how to find an agent or a manager and what roles do they play or anything like that. So, I kind of, I, I moved out here, like wow, like eight years ago, and I lived in student housing at UCLA. <laughs> Did you move by, okay, so you moved by yourself? You didn't have uh, anybody I, you knew? I packed up my Jeep, and my best friend and her now husband moved with me, and all I had was in my Jeep, and including their two suitcases, so I had absolutely nothing, no furniture, and I moved into a furnished apartment. So, like, anyone could live in the apartment. Um, but like it was just safe because I didn't know anybody and I didn't want to like sign a lease with a stranger. Right. And so I, I made sure like I found a place to live that like if anybody bailed on the lease, I wouldn't get screwed over. Cause I know that's the one thing that you don't want to have happen to you. Cause if, when you live with somebody you don't know, you can't really trust them. Right. So I, I moved by myself and I just, you know, I, and I'm, Still extremely tight with every single one of the girls that I live with now. Like I actually just watched one of them, two of them actually get their master's degree. I'm so proud of them. And yeah, so like it was a real, it was really good vibes since the very, very beginning. And then I lived there for about a year, and then I found an apartment in Hollywood. I lived there for a couple of years, and then I got a really nice situation where I had an even bigger apartment on Miracle Mile. If you don't know what that is, it's just like the probably the most cracking part of. LA that you can live in oh, the nice. central 
yeah, it was amazing. And then I got in a relationship, and I was with that guy for a while. Blah, 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 blah. We can get to that some other time. But so basically, I was I just kind of like loved California, you know, and like that just this, this turned into my home. And right now, I'm actually currently in Orange County because I came I moved out to Orange County. I'm downtown LA right now. That's why I sit out there. Oh. Um, I moved to Orange County with my ex. And, um, yeah, so now I'm just trying to decide whether I'm going to move back to L.A. within the next couple of months or if I'm, I'm, in, I'm also in college right now. I went back to school. So I'm either going to finish this last semester and then wait until January. So that's my, that's what's happening currently. So, so yeah. Oh, and then the cool thing about it is, is that I'm, I am getting back into comedy. Right, I'm I actually see in Instagram. Yeah, I'm in a class right now, and um, this is my third time taking it because it's a writer. It's like a writer's room class, and that's something that I would recommend you to do if you really, really want to try stand up. Is right. get it? And I mean, I don't, I don't think San Antonio really offers anything like that. But um, so basically, it's a really cool environment where you and about ten other comedians get together once a week and you all get to perform in front of each other and then you give each other feedback nice. and you're like hey i don't think this joke works i think you should probably put this joke before that joke and then you know and then you can eliminate some jokes that maybe you think are funny but then the you know they didn't really vibe with it and it's just so that way when you actually go do your set for the first time um or whatever time it is because, it'll be like, battle actually, tested so, right right, right. like and and the, you know, both times that I did the class, like, it was such a cool environment because, like, it's such a grind to do mics in L.A. because there's so many mics. When I used to do comedy in San Antonio, it was so fun because there's literally, like, two mics in San Antonio when I was there. Maybe two or three, whatever. Where'd that you go? Where'd you go? Um, the LOL Comedy okay. Club. Um, and that, I think that was, like, two nights a week. But then I also did, um, they had, like, an open mic at Highlanders Bar whenever yeah, I was living yeah, there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I did that a couple of times, um, a few times, actually. Um, but, because two times there are actually shows, and then a few times they're just open mics. So tell me tell me what you think and, about this, real quick. I, I've went to LOL, and I've, I don't know if I've been to Highlanders. I, I think I've been to Leaky Barrel, for sure. That's uh, kind of close by. And LOL, and I was just observing everything going on, and I feel like when you're going up on open mic, that has to be the hardest environment because the majority of the crowd is also comedians, and, and I, just as, again, I wasn't I wasn't performing, so this is just what I thought I noticed was like everyone doesn't want to laugh at your jokes. Because they're so like caught up in their own set about to happen, or maybe their results that they just happened to have prior to your set. I mean, so I, I felt like they were always so. I mean, a couple people laughed, but I felt like their their mind was always on other things, and they were kind of maybe it's like a, a competitive, you know, atmosphere to where they don't want to laugh at you because you didn't laugh at them. And I, I was trying to like really think about everything because it it was uh, unless these people just were not funny. Like no one was really laughing, and a lot of the people in the crowd were the the comedians. Have you kind of dealt you know, with like, situations like that? Thought that you you have to understand when you become a regular, you've heard all the jokes before. Okay, yeah, exactly. Maybe they heard the same thing, you know, last Tuesday. Ab right there, you go. Ab absolutely, because that's one of my biggest problems with a lot of comedians who like. Like, for example, I know this one comedian who took the class that I took, and they're like, they just took it one time, and now, you know, they're doing a lot of mics, but, like, I know their set 
is extremely similar to when they first went up. And I'm like, I feel bad when I do the same set twice even, you know, because I'm like, well, I already know if I've done it in even in a medium-sized crowd, like, what works, right. you know? And, like, so it, that, that's just laziness for some people because it's like they they just, they just know what works and they just want to do it over and over and over again. So open mics are different because you're going to get comedians who are trying to do brand-new material. So it's probably not going to be funny the first time because it's like, you know, they're, they're just working it out for themselves, you know? And also, a lot of comedians don't understand. I didn't realize this at first, when I first started doing comedy, that it's really the first thing that you have to do in the first, like, 30 seconds is try to build some sort of a relationship with the audience. Like, if you can't get that going, you're going to crash and burn, and it's going to suck, and you're going to be sad. And it's just, that's how it goes. But then that's fine. But, like, that's the reason why comedians, like, if you've ever crushed a mic, that's good enough of a feeling to do it again, even if you've burned, like, a bomb before. So, um, yes, you're absolutely right. That's the reason why it's even harder in L.A., because at least at LOL, it's a big room. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if you even get half of the people involved in your set, like, that's awesome. In L.A., there's, like, I used to host an open mic at a cafe that, like, on a good day, there'd maybe be ten people in there. And, yeah, eight or nine of them were definitely comedians who've heard your set before. So really, you're just doing it to hear yourself. Maybe you're recording it on a voice memo. You know, you're seeing if maybe one or two of your friends are actually listening so you can hear if they laughed or something. Like, it's that much of a grind. And then in L.A., they're, they're also called bringer shows. Like, in San Antonio, you're, if, you get your, if you get there early enough and you put your name on the list, you're going to get mic time. You know, right, and right. in L.A., if you don't bring people, they're not going to give you your time or they're going to give you the absolute worst spot. Oh, damn. So it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a grind, and it's like, and plus you gotta pay for parking. And are you gonna be eating there? Are you gonna be hungry? Are you like, you know, gas money? Do you live far from the club? Like, getting there on time, traffic. Like, where are you gonna park, etc. And um, like one time, oh my god, I was devastated. Like, I had just been a class show, and it was on an, on the same night that my acting school was throwing their company party their class party and a lot of people couldn't show up but I booked the mic at um, the comedy store like the following week and I literally had at least 15 people in the waiting area to see me and then they canceled the mic uh. and and of course the next week no one showed up and I was like completely devastated so it's like it's a grind the point of this whole thing is like it's you just got to do it and do it and do it and so maybe a comedian who tours regularly wants you to open for them or host for them. And then until maybe the right person who has the right shows or booking books you regularly, you can go audition for Flappers and I think Burbank. You can just, you know, find, you basically just got to find a way to get your routine going and then hope that something comes along that actually pays money. Because for the first, you know, this guy had a joke that I heard him the other day. It was the best joke ever because... He, his line was, um, the thing that makes me the most mad is that I've been doing this for 10 years and you guys don't even know what my name is. And, and he was hilarious. Like the guy could not miss a punchline. Like we were dying laughing at him. He was just, and it was so crazy because I had never heard of him. I didn't know who he was, but I mean, he was at the improv, so he's he's decent. You know, he obviously books paid gigs. 
but I had no clue who he was. And he's been doing it for 10 years. Right. You know, but it, it showed that he had been doing it for 10 years because he was that good. And you're not going to get that good unless you've been doing mics for at least a few years. Do you have any, any like, favorite comedians now? I mean, do you, do you, do you, when, when, when you look at like, uh, like Netflix specials and stuff, do you, to help you, do you specifically look at like female comedians or do you look at males? Like who, who are some of your favorite comedians and, and kind of why? Okay. So, um, you probably have a lot all? more, you know, uh, of course, because well, you're so, in that scene. Well, so Ali Wong, um, her, her second special just dropped and like, I'm a big fan of hers. Um, just because I like her style. Like she based, I feel like I, I mean, I'm obviously not in her same life situation because she has a husband and she has a new baby and another baby on the way. So like our material obviously isn't very relatable, but I like her style. Like she basically talks about what's going on in her life and then she kind of just clowns on it. And I like that because that's kind of what I do. So for me, that's relatable. Um, there was this other girl, I'm actually on my phone, I feel really bad that I don't know her name off of the top of my head, but, um, she has a special, I think she was doing, like, um, this show in Australia the last time I looked at her, but, like, and she was really, like, raunchy, and, like, the thing about it is, is a lot of the times when people look at comedians that are even, like, moderately attractive, like, they automatically assume that we're gonna get dirty, Right. Which is true, you know, for a lot of us because I mean, you kind of you're kind of hoping that we are going to go that way, but we're going to be good at it, you know, because it's fine to stereotype because a lot of the time stereotypes are true. Um, but like, so that's what's interesting um, about raunchy comedy is that when it's done well, it's really good, you know. But um, yeah, so now I'm really kind of upset that I can't find her name. But yeah, so that's basically, like, I, I have respect for all of the comedians that do it. I mean, I know that's kind of a, like, cliche thing to say, but it's like, you, you're absolutely right. It, it's hard. It's not something that's easy. Oh, wait, I think her name is, uh, is it, Chris, is it Christina? Oh, Catherine Ryan. Hey. Her name is Catherine Ryan. Have you heard of her? No, I don't think I have. Yeah, I hadn't either until I saw her Netflix special, and I like her because she's super smart. Like, her wit is extremely, like, her timing is very on point. She's on and Netflix, though? Yeah, she's on Netflix. Oh, dope. Is um, it Catherine Ryan? Yep, Catherine Ryan. Yeah, okay. so good. I hope if anyone's listening, you go check her out. Because from her image, I would think that she wouldn't be that that interesting to me like right. I was like uh, you know because I've clicked on a few people where like I could just tell what kind of style they were going for and it's just not my style like like the kind of like quirky comedy that's like where it's not necessarily stand up but they're doing like you know I guess sketches and I'm just they're not really into that whole thing you know and right. so with her like I definitely related right away and I just liked her style and it, I, it felt really relatable how do you feel this is my favorite comedian by the way so how do you feel about Chris D'Elia? Oh my God. Well, I, um, that's funny because I'm really, yeah, I wouldn't say great friends, but I know the guy who opens for him. Oh, no way. And yeah. Is it oh the God. same guy that wore the same outfit as him a couple months ago or some shit? Do you know his name? He's going to be so mad at me if he ever heard oh. this and he would know that I, I forgot his name. 
Um, no, I just oh I remember God. that he was wearing an outfit, and Crystalia went to get the same outfit, and they wore it at the same time, and everybody thought that it was Crystalia that wore it, and he copied him. It was it was actually really funny though. Um, no, but like so. Oh, and here's a good story about um, Crystalia. So I that show the class that I'm in right now. Right. The second time that I did it. He was going to perform at the show afterwards, and he begged my team. He was like, man, let me get on there. And he he closed our class show. Oh, no way. So you've seen him. And he killed it. He literally killed it. I, I want to say the guy's name is Chris. I'm so mad. He was like, literally, like, he'd be so pissed. He'd be like, you forgot my name? I'm going to uh, I'm like, a, I'm a slide in his he, DMs and let him know. No, seriously. I feel really <laughs> bad. Because him, him and Chris were in Vegas when I was in Vegas for six months. And I went to go watch him perform for like this crazy like group of I don't know it was a bunch of like wealthy like investment group or whatever that was there and um I got to see that which is funny because he killed it it was so good and uh, and not I'm not trying to like you know and it's a good example because remember Chris Lee killed my class show right. but Chris was struggling and for this group like he just couldn't get it going like he couldn't build that relationship and it was really cool to see Chris I wouldn't say he bombed but he definitely did not kill it right so, because I'm used to him killing it too. Like he's hilarious. So yeah. I think he's amazing. And you know what's cool about Chris is he's actually sober. Like he, I don't know if he's yeah, like sober yeah. because of like right. Yeah, he's sober doesn't by drink. choice. Yeah, doesn't drink at all. Yeah, and like, um, like I really what about respect um, that. Theo Vaughn, uh, Joey Diaz, all those guys. Now I got to ask you about one specifically. Um, I, I I told this on the podcast. I, I went to go see Joe Rogan live in Austin. Couple months oh, I'm ago. I'm so jealous. Was he good? Okay, sorry, but no. I love his podcast. I, I'm, I'm like the hugest UFC fan in the world. Um, I love Joe Joe Rogan. I listen to his podcast damn near. Yeah, I, I love his podcast too. All the time. Me Earth, and Earth, three Earth friends went to Austin. We drove all the way to Austin. Well, I think uh, Tom Segura was in San Antonio the week prior, and even um, so, we seen That's Tom Segura. Bomb. We loved we love Tom Segura. We went to go see um, Joey Diaz, and then like a week afterwards, we went to go see Joe Rogan, and we just – I mean, you had people in the crowd howling, dying, tears, dropping. We as a group did not think he was funny at all. I didn't wow. know – I didn't know if you – have you seen any of his like Netflix specials or anything? Joe Rogan? Yeah. No, I've actually never seen him perform. Don't. Really? Well, Don't. Uh, wait, but you've only... Oh, so you've seen him many times, and each time you didn't find him funny? Uh, well, we only went to one of his shows. I've seen his Netflix specials on Netflix, and I know it's different when you go see him live. So, yeah, did, but did you laugh at his Netflix special? Nah. Uh-uh. None of his okay. material. And, and you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised either, because, yeah, it's like you kind of got to find... Obviously, like I said, like... Some people are gonna crash, you know, and like, and that happens. But like, people love like, him, and I, I'm, 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 I'm convinced that people love him because he's him. Because I love him for him. I love his podcast. Like I mentioned, I love Joe Rogan, and I think after a couple beers, maybe he's the last show. People are in a good mood. They want to laugh. They laugh. But man, we just couldn't find it funny at all. You know who Brian Callen is? I do not. Oh, okay. Well, he he's one of uh, Joe Rogan's you know close friends. He was in Austin as well, 
And I have you okay, real quick. When you probably have, because you seem like a very funny gal. Have you ever had just the like that one guy that just will not quit laughing? Like it's just like, all right, man. I know I'm fucking funny, but you gotta stop laughing so loud and for so long. Um, I, I honestly, well, I've never performed a set long enough for that to happen to me. Like I, like that's. Have you been in the crowd and noticed somebody like that? kind of short but do you deal with hecklers um i've actually uh i've never been like what what i would i wouldn't use it to say heckle because i do some crowd play where like i'll ask questions and then they'll they'll respond but like no actually i've never had like one specific experience where i'm like this person heckled me and i and i got embarrassed or i didn't know what to do like i like i said i've definitely crashed mics but it wasn't due to like heckling so now i've never been heckled so when is your 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 show? I know I know you're gonna do some stand up soon, right? Yeah, it's um June twenty fourth, whatever that Sunday is, um, at seven at the Hollywood Improv, and then I'm also gonna do the open mic um, at the Irvine Improv this week coming up. And you uh, plan on Wednesday. recording those? Well, no the the one at the Hollywood Improv is definitely getting recorded, and I promise everyone, no matter what, I'm gonna put it on YouTube. So that one will definitely be on YouTube. The one coming up, I might have my friend record it, but like that's just gonna be for my own feedback. Okay. Um, but the reason why I'm gonna put it on is because like I think it's kind of like self sabotage to not post it because it's like I I just really want it to be good. And also the very first set that I did that was recorded, I just it was really dirty, and I just really wasn't ready for my family to hear my comedy. So this. I'm going to try my hardest to do a nice hybrid of raunchy and clean because it's just time, you know, if I really want to do this, like they're going to have to hear it, you know, like it's, it is what it is. <laughs> is the first set available for people to, to watch or no? No, it's not. And that's mm. one of my biggest regrets. I know. My second one, like I, I posted the clip on Instagram on my second one. And again, like that's why I'm doing it this the third time is I'm like, all right, I'm going to try my hardest to put together something that I'm like, you know what? This is a good representation of my work, right. you know, because right. like, I feel like, you know, when you post stuff, that that's what that's saying. It's saying I posted this and this is this is me and I, I I'm not afraid to put this out there right. so like the first one I was extremely proud of it I just I was like if I would be proud to show it to you but I wouldn't be proud to show it to my mother right to your tias. <laughs> so huh to your tias and tios exactly yeah even more so because my mom has an idea of like how like I can get down like when it comes to my comedy but like even though she's never seen it, but then like, yeah, my, my, my white side of my family is extremely conservative and my Filipino side is like my, is too, but my cousins, you know, like they're, they're a lot more understanding, but like, oh yeah. And her sisters, my mom's sisters was just, they're going to faint if they. (laughs) So you're not Mexican at all? Filipino and white? No, I'm, I know just Mexican by association because it's San Antonio. Oh shit. Nice. Okay. You look Mexican. I mean, you'd had me fooled. Yeah, I know. It was. 
it, I guess it's just Spanish flavor because of Filipino. Because yeah, right. so uh, half Filipino, half my dad is Czechoslovakian. No, oh, okay, okay. So real quick, yeah. wrapping up, um, wrapping up the comedy. What's your like your end goal? You want to go on tour, like a special, like like what what do you what will? It so have uh, that's to a happen? really cool question. It's so I like that question because a lot of people have asked me that, and it's like, yeah, if I could go on any kind of a tour or get any kind of like a like a special or even like a show, I realize that I would like to be on television or on the internet, like actually being myself. Because I get that a lot. People are always like, oh, you should do some sort of hosting or you should do a podcast or something or a YouTube channel or whatever it is. And they say that it's because even when I ask or when when anyone asks, you're just bringing in little pieces of yourself anyways. And that's actually what makes a lot of actors interesting to watch because they're interesting people. So I've been told that as as like feedback for like you should try to be yourself on tv like whether it's like a reality show or you know whatever it may be um and it's like okay that's it, it to me that's a compliment it's interesting you know i mean i, mean, I don't know if they're insulting my acting <laughs> but i'm like okay and, and i like that so i would eventually like to either like a big big dream would almost be like a chelsea handler you know where i could just bring people on and like interview them and talk to them or you know and and obviously like acting with uh, the the actresses career that I admire is Christina Ricci I like that she's still low-key her acting is incredibly like it's it's so it's just nice work I want every time I see her perform I'm like man that was that was nice you know I'm like and I really like that it seems like she gets to do movies that she wants to do like she gets to play these really cool roles that are like kind of dark and they're edgy but like it's such a cool resume that she has all right so now I would I would I would never like want to be on a sitcom or anything like that. So now that's we just talk not about my style. Some so, some things, right? Now we got to get to know you on a personal level a little bit more. I was gonna ask you; you already kind of answered it. So you you're on the market. You're you're on the you're on the 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 California market right now. Oh yeah, my single. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm very single. Yeah. <laughs> and what does it take? What what would a guy have to do to get you? What what were you looking into? Like what what is what are some of the things that um. Miss Miss Fuego likes in men. Um, so from a woman's perspective, right. us guys need to know. So I mean, I'm honestly at the point in my life where I've been through so many like relationships that were just like, why did I do that? Right. <laughs> um, that like honestly, I don't really see me getting in a relationship unless like marriage is a 100 percent like something that I'm considering and that's probably going to be when I'm ready to have a kid if I'm ever going to get to that point um so it would take a lot like I would literally have to be like wow like I love you and I'm willing to put all of this dream of mine like on hold um not that it has to be on hold because obviously Ali Wong is a good example of that but she also had a career already before she started a family you know like I don't have that yet so it'd be a big like it basically be a stopping point because again I, I'm in I stopped doing all arts to go back to school because I just felt like it was healthier for my relationship because like you know when you're when you're out doing mics until 10 11 12 o'clock every night and you know and you're you have a person at home who's not really about that life it's like it's a little you know you really have to have a deep relationship and to be 
blunt, I didn't have that relationship with that person. So I just right. kind of put everything aside, which is probably why it didn't end up working out. Um, so, you, so step one and, would just be your friend. Like you'd want to get to know this person and with time absolutely. find out, okay, like you're more than a friend. I you, see. You I really, you. you have to be best friends. Like you just have to be best friends. And, um, and then, but see, to find somebody who's your best friend who like, and then on top of that, you like want to rip their clothes off. It's, that's a, it's a very, very like lethal and rare combination to find. Like if you find that, like hold on to that and cherish it forever. Because I, I like kind of had a relationship like that for like, I swear to God, it lasts three weeks. (laughs) And yeah, because I like, and it scared the fuck out of me like it was just so scary because i was like man like i really like this person and what, why them, like, only three level. weeks um well there was uh <laughs> um like it's like i'm thinking like well, who's gonna be listening to this <laughs> it because something happens where i mean here are you, like i guess i have to be honest about it right this is on wax we put people on wax and things on wax which means yeah gotta be blunt gotta be honest Okay, um, basically, I, (laughs) somebody was not a fan of our relationship, Uh and he kind of, like, was, like, he came to me, and he was like, hey, we need to slow this down, because we moved really fast, and then I lost it, and I was like, Uh well, then, like, let's just, oh, yeah, I was like, let's just not be together, I was like, because it's, because I'm very picky on energy, like, if I don't, if I feel like even for a second, you're not about us, like, I'm out. And I, my ego is, like, so big that it's, like, even if it hurts me, I'm extremely good at being, like, well, then no thank you. And even though it was going to kill me, it kills me, you know? And then um, he, like, no, he knew he made a mistake, too, because as soon as, like, I, oh, and then he, he made a huge mistake by on Valentine's Day, like, I think he, he, or maybe he did. Like, it was, like, the day before Valentine's Day. Like, he was, I wanted to hang out with him. And then he said, no, let's hang out on Valentine's Day only. Or so, I don't know. It was something that happened. And I was just like, no, you know what? Just, let's just forget about this. And I started dating the guy that I started dating. That was for my three-year relationship. Oh, okay. And, so yeah. It, so it kind of worked like out got, a little bit? I mean, hindsight, no, it didn't. Because you're not with him anymore. But, at the, I mean, three years like I said, for someone like you that stated that, you know, their their expectations yeah, are kinda I mean, high to hold you down for three years is kind of a kind of a big deal, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I learned a lot from my ex. I really did. Like I really learned a lot from him and like he really showed me what I want and what I don't want and I still have respect for him as a person, even though there are things about him that I don't respect. Um, but like yeah, my if I would have stayed with the guy who I said I had that relationship with I think, unfortunately, as much as I know, I still care about him and love him as a person. It would not, I was just a little too young-minded at the time to where I would have been, I wouldn't have known how to act. Mm-hmm. I would have been just, because he, he's kind of a wild guy, you know, and I just know that, like, with my personality, I'm very, like, I mean, first of all, if you don't know this by now, anybody who wants to do comedy is on one. Like, we're a little right. crazy. We're just <laughs> a little out right, there. Like, right. if you even desire to do comedy or you want to do comedy, like, if all the great comedians we all know have got some severe psychological issues for right. the most part, like, the stat show, we're a little crazy. Yeah. 
<laughs> so um, crazy, yeah, it was it, it was timing, and that's another huge thing. It was timing. So basically, the long story short is that like I know at least he he what he played he played his part in my life. He showed me that I know what I want it to feel like, which is really cool because. For a long time, I didn't know if I was ever going to, like, feel that way again. Because, you know, it's so rare, like, for it to happen. Like, the fact that there's, like, nobody right now where I'm just, like, oh, like, God, I want to be with this person. Yeah, but that, that's, that's crazy. Because, like, I'm a, I'm a, I wear my heart on my sleeve, you know? I really do. Like, I really want, like, I love love. And I think it's amazing. And I want to be in love. But the fact that um, there's nobody in my life right now. <laughs> Well, I think me and the um, listeners want to know right now. Well, me and then the listeners when they get to it, what's his status right now? Married with kids? What's his status? That guy? Yeah. Yeah, the guy that the guy, the guy that I like was in love with. Yeah, he's a uh, he's not married, but he has a kid. That's Aww. basically what happened. Because when I was single again, yeah, exactly. Um, I found out like maybe two months later that he had a baby on the way, and uh, so yeah. So doing some, um, some, some Cali, Texas comparisons, is just uh-huh. your type of guy, a California type, lifestyle type guy? Like there's no way that you come to Texas like, oh shit, look at that, that guy in the Wranglers right there. Like, look at that Texan right there. I actually, I just dated somebody from Texas like, okay, um, okay. like a couple of months ago. Yeah, nice. actually. And, uh, and he was a cool guy. It was a cool experience. Uh, so, like, if people from San Antonio are listening to this, I always tell myself it was good that I did that because, like, I like to go fuck shit up in Texas to make sure I never want to go back there. <laughs> right, right. Make you validate uh, no, that cool. you made the right decision moving to California? Yeah, exactly. No, he was a nice guy, too. He was totally cool. We just, like, I, I think he had just gotten out of a relationship a little too soon, and I think I was just trying to have fun, but, um, and that was it. You know, it was it was fun. We had fun. We Again, it was, like, a nice, it was a fun fling. Is there any, like, crazy um, differences between, like, like, because when I think of California guys, I don't know. I, I just think they're, they're totally different than myself, of course. Like, you dating them, oh, you, yeah. you being, you know, living, you know, around these type. Like, what's the major differences? The way they speak is definitely different. Because, like, I've always, people have always thought I was a little, like, when I talk, they're like, oh, you're a little ghetto or you're a little hood or whatever that means. And I'm just like, like I got that me? vibe too. You know? I got that vibe too. Yeah, you know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm oh, did yeah, I was like, some people tell me that. I'm they're playing. like, yeah, you're. Yeah, they're like, you're a little ghetto, and I'm like, am I? You know, and like, apparently, I don't know how to turn it off sometimes, and I'm like, okay, well, whatever, because like that's just how I was. I was brought up in San Antonio, and. I, those are just, I don't know, like, those are my friends. I have this, like, funny thing that I tell people about, like, San Antonio. It's, like, a lot of people, like, every other word out of their mouth is a Spanish word, but they can't speak Spanish. Yep, yep, you for know, sure. We all, know, we, all, we all know those people. And, um, but, so, th- there was a guy, a guy who was hitting on me one time, and I, and I didn't even know he was hitting on me because I thought he was gay. 
it's not that he sounds gay. He was, his, his, his speech was just so perfect. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, this is really nice, um, handsome, homosexual man is like, you know, having a nice conversation with me. And then he like asked me out. And I was like, oh my God. Straight, you know, and I just and I, I had a couple of like encounters like that where I was just like, wow, like I really thought that this guy was gay, but then I realized it was just it was my upbringing, you know. I, I not not that everyone in San Antonio doesn't speak properly, but I was just my friend. I guess it was my friends. Like we all talk the same way, you know. It's right. just And then um, and even my dad. My dad is a little bit of like country. Like he, you know, he's drawl. He has a little draw a little bit. Like he's from Flatonia, Texas. And our, holy so shit! Like, Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. What? What? Your dad's from Flatonia, Texas? Yeah. I'm from Smithville. Really? Which is the next town over. Yeah, man. My dad's from Flatonia, Texas. I'm very familiar with Flatonia. For those of you who don't know, that's halfway to Houston. Yeah. So... There's a, um, I don't even know, there's something in a, a McDonald's, right? I think a shell in a McDonald's right up the highway. Yep, that's it, that's yeah. it. <laughs> wow. Do y'all ever go to Flatonia? Yeah. All the time, yeah, unfortunately, I just um, buried, uh, we buried our, my grandmother. Oh, uh, she passed that. away, yeah, a couple months ago, and uh, my grandfather passed away a few years ago, so they, um, now, yeah, obviously, like, if I'm in town, like, we could still go there, because my uncle still lives in their house, and, yeah, so, oh, I used to go all the time. Wow, yeah, what a small world, yeah, I'm from Smithville, that's crazy. Mm-hmm, that's really cool. How, how, how often do you go to San, or back to, back home to San Antonio? Well, I was there twice in the past, uh, couple of months, because, well, unfortunately, one time was to, for my grandmother's funeral, and then I was dating that guy, so I went out to go see him. Uh, but like, but oh, that was a long distance that, relationship. I mean, it wasn't even a relationship, honestly. It was like, let's just see if we like each other. Right. <laughs> we, you know, like I said, he was really cool. I don't have anything bad to say about him, but it just, you know, not, not really my. It's just, it was, it was, we, we, no, it was, we, we knew, we both knew. <laughs> right. Just wasn't, wasn't right. Um, yeah, and um, no, but the year before that, I didn't go. To, I didn't go home one time. I didn't go home for a whole year. I like went home on Christmas, and I didn't go home until like the following Christmas. Okay. So um, it really just depends on what's going on in my life. Right. Well, I suggest when you come down, you let me know. You go to an open mic, and I want to see you crush it here in San Antonio. I would definitely try to, do, especially. Um, well, you know, that's what sucks about putting your material on YouTube, because I was thinking, I was like, well, what would be cool is if I do it, and then I crush it, and then I just go home, and I do the same set, you know, or whatever. Right. Well, but it's I, like, if I, I put think... it on YouTube, everyone's going to know, you know, my material. Right, right. So, or, or maybe, maybe I'll do it, go to San Antonio, perform it, and then post it. <laughs> no, I can't wait that long. I want, I'm, I'm already excited to see it. Okay. I'm already excited yeah. to see yeah, it. Yeah, well, we'll see. And and I really I hope it, it comes across the same way like on YouTube because like I I have I got really good feedback too from the shows that I did like people are really like they're really positive like and, and when I when I bomb obviously they're they're cool about it too they're like hey man it happens to all of us but like when you really do well like there's no other feeling like it like it, it makes you keep wanting to do it and and what's your um your YouTube page like how do you how how are somebody able to find you on you know social media on YouTube how can people find your work. Okay, well, that's funny because I haven't posted anything yet, but I will. I'm going to start. I promised myself.
yourself, whether it be recording podcasts or whatever. Like, and then when I start, when you'll have to come online. Um, but so my it's it's going to be Crystal Chat, and that's going to be K R Y S T L E, and then Chat like Chit Chat C H A T S. That'll be because you know it's going to be my comedy things I talk about, etc. And then obviously I'm she's Fuego on Instagram. I, I, I always, unfortunately, I guess it's something that I need to stop doing, but I, I always change my name. I used to be She's Crystal. Before that, I was, like, cracked through because of the whole, like, raw vegan thing that I was into. And yeah. just, but I, mean, just, I just need to leave it. I think it's She's Fuego. <laughs> I like it. it. It's catchy. People, yeah. and, I, and I noticed people, like, like calling me that now. Too. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, I know your wrong. first name. I just prefer to call you Miss Fuego from here on out. It's, it's fun, right? It, like, it sticks. Even if people... Yeah, I think it's catchy. I do. I definitely do. Now, um, I had a friend that was thinking about getting in the podcast business, and we're trying to come up with names, and I said, I got a good – and I'm being serious, by the way. Keep in mind, I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that this would – I just think it would be a dope name. We're coming up with names. I was like, I got it. He's like, what? I said, it should be called The Shit Show. And they were like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? Like, I don't – people aren't going to want to listen to The Shit Show. And I'm like – it kind of sticks. It sticks, yeah. It's yeah. like you listen uh-huh. to this shit show, and if you hate it, then then it's like, oh, shit, that is a shitty-ass show. And if it's good, then it sticks. And, you know, yeah. they, they didn't like it really that much, and, and that was cool. But um, so if, well, sometimes, like, I think you have to find a thing that, doesn't, that isn't a cuss word because I wanted to do the same thing with a line of juices, and I go. wanted to do it. I wanted them to be as fuck juices, so as juices. <laughs> if anyone wants to feel that idea, go ahead. You heard it here first, right? But yeah, it was an idea because, like, I know like which juices like help with, like, for example, like digestion or making your skin glow. So it was going to be like pretty as fuck or clear as fuck or smart as fuck. And but I AS, it was really right? dope. Yeah, it was AS. Yeah, so, so smart AF, you know. But I thought it would be really catchy. Um, but we'll see. Because, I mean, like, there's still a bunch of things that I can do in the future with, like, you know, health. And that's, because that's another huge thing. I think more people know me as a health guru than I was, Well, that's else. on my like, agenda. I was over my time, so I didn't want to take too much of your time. But, yeah, full-blown, like, super in, like, fit, fitness, vegan. Like, you are about that life. What made you get into so, that life? Like you couldn't so, have been in that in San Antonio, right? Too much, too much influence no, my, around here. Guess what? This journey started thirteen years ago. So yeah, oh, actually, I was about that life in San Antonio too. Yeah, but it just got like serious, like probably about five years ago when I went raw vegan, like a serious raw vegan, like for my very first time. Because um, I, I was high raw probably eight years ago when I first moved to LA, and then. Um, so I don't even really like, I don't like using, and this is probably the, I'll say the most controversial thing that I'll say on the podcast today is that I don't really like using the word vegan. Um, and I don't really even technically consider myself a vegan, um, even though I do 100% believe in what the vegans are trying to say about ethics right. and about what it does for the earth. But I, my biggest beef with the vegan community is when they have this blanket statement that says if you want to be healthy go vegan which is completely untrue because you can go vegan by eating oreos and microwave dinners every night of the day and never eat any whole like raw fresh fruits and vegetables you do not have to eat 
any of those in order to be vegan. And obviously, if you did that, you would become extremely unhealthy and deficient in certain nutrients and overweight and bloated and probably get a bunch of skin problems, etc. So to just say go vegan and be healthy is completely untrue and it's dangerous because there's a lot of people who don't understand health and fitness and that how they're not always one and the same. So that's my problem there. And so when people so like follow you on Instagram, they get health, fitness, funny, all in one, correct? I try. I try to be really positive. I really do because um, I think there's a lot of, like, drama, which makes Instagram very, very fun. Um, so, like, I try my hardest. I mean, I will say a negative thing here and there. But, yeah, I definitely try to keep it um, healthy and lighthearted and positive. So, yeah, absolutely. So, last thing I got to mention, and I, it was not on my agenda, but as I was talking to you, I was like, holy shit, I want to talk to her about this. And I thought, you know, whatever, whatever. So, I'm just going to hold you for about five more minutes. Sorry. Apologize in advance. Sure. No, no, no worries. I'm having fun. The dopest thing is, I know you're funny, you're health freak, you know, that's great. My favorite thing about you is that you play poker. Oh. <laughs> and I've seen the video. A, a, what got you into poker, you know, it seems like you play quite a bit. And how'd you run into that, that, that gentleman that actually was following you? That was actually pretty neat, right? Like, that has to be pretty neat feeling. Yeah. Yeah, that was so funny. Um, well, and the reason why that was a big deal because I run into people who I've, that's happened to me before. My, one, one of my favorite moments was whenever my handle was Crackfruit, and because that's such a bizarre name to have, and it's like weird. Um, and these girls stopped me at the Grove, and they were like, "Oh, we're I'm sorry, but I just and, and at that time I think I maybe had like fifteen hundred followers. Like I, I don't have a lot of followers, you know." Um, and which is another funny thing is people say that they're like, oh, if you post more like, you know, like bikini pictures and then you get more followers. And I'm just like, I don't care. Like, all just they'll come when it comes, you know, like I'm and it, and doing that is exhausting. I don't know how these girls have the time to do all that. I mean, it's fun, I guess. But like, damn, like I'm that's, that's work. Right. <laughs> but so back to the poker, um, my dad and my stepdad are both poker players. Um, nice. So I've always love i don't know if it's genetics because of my dad and like just being filipino we like to gamble but um i started um i still basically date him but he's the reason it's just so cool that this guy is in my life and he understands where my head is at he knows like i don't want a relationship right now and like he's still down to be in my life um but i started dating this guy who plays poker as well and um, he, it's funny because he's, he always says that to me joking around. He's like, you wouldn't hang out with me if we didn't play poker. Um, and <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how we started hanging out more because he's like, let's go to the casino. Right. And, um, I've always wanted somebody to be down to go with me on a regular basis. Um, and I finally found him and then through him, we found my, um, friend Tucker, um, he's Broke Life Poker on IG, you guys want to check out his page, he's, like, really, like, legit, like, um, he plays, like, 3-5, those big games. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, he's really good, um, and he, uh, Matt and I call him our poker dad just because he's, he's really good, like, he, he's, like, he's gonna sit down and he's gonna read the players, and he's gonna know how three plays versus C5, like, and he's, like, really in it, when, and now to talk about myself, 
I play $40 No Limit, and that's, like, my game. And occasionally, Matt will, like, convince me, especially, like, if we will stick you a 2-3, and I'm just, like, it's kind of hard to say no to that. <laughs> um, and but I just, because, especially if I'm, if I'm playing with his money because he, like, wants me to play with him there, like, it's not, this, it's a little bit harder to make the moves that you would make if it was, like, you're not, like, afraid. Right, you know, exactly. and that's another reason why I love playing $40 No Limit because it's also you're playing against people who um, aren't very good for the most part. You're going to get some players. You are going to get some sharks, but like for the most part, they're not very good. And they're loose, and if they're drinking, they're going to make the most outlandish um, bluffs or they're going to call some bets when you clearly have nuts in your hand. And every single time that I make crazy amount of money it's and just to be honest and the reason why i don't talk a lot about poker on my ig i just post like my stacks and if i'm playing is because i'm not that great of a player yet you know i'm learning right. and um when i'm ma- making those big wins it's mainly against maniacs <laughs> right. like um and they they get a little crazy and i'm just like lucky enough to like I got the right cards in my hand, and, and I know how to, if I have the right cards in my hand, like, I know how to play now, which is something I didn't used to do. Like, right. I used to limp with pocket aces, you know, and they'd, they'd be like, how the fuck did you not raise pre-flop with pocket aces? And I just didn't really understand, you know? I was exactly. like, well, you know, I raised $4 or whatever, and they're like, no, <laughs> like, you're going to get yeah. your aces cracked if you don't get, and that happened, that was so fun the other day. This guy, he reminded me of me. He raised pre-flop with aces. Um, for $4, and I was holding 2-3 of spades. So, of course, I, I, call, I had already two, I had $2 in the pot already, so I, of course I'm going to call $2 more, exactly. and I flop, I flop a flush. And this poor guy is holding the ace of spades, you know? So one call, if I, I but if he would have, if that. he would have went in deeper, you wouldn't have called with the 2-3. Exactly. So it was his fault. Right. Yeah, so I flopped the flush, and then, of course, I... Since my, my literally, if anybody, if, if a turn on the turn of the river, if a, if a spade comes, I'm out, you know. So I bet $40 and I got everybody out because I was just trying to steal what was there. And this poor guy with his aces, of course, he's calling because he it basically pushed him all in because he was short stacked at that point, anyways. I think he had like 30 behind him. And um, the poor guy, another a spade never came and, and it, he lost it on me. He went off on me. He was like, <laughs> I hope you crash your car. No I've never way. Seen oh, he's. Like, I, I put that in my caption on IG. I literally chose oh him God. for, like, for probably weeks. Cause he, and, and he's clearly not a regular player because, first of all, if you're a regular player, you're going to raise at least $6 in aces, okay? Because we all know the difference between a pot builder and a raise and $40 no limit. And then, um, yeah, so, um, and then, and I've seen people, I mean, actually, you don't, you don't, Usually, see people win more than like four hundred dollars at forty. So he's actually right. I had a nice, nice stack in front of me at that point. But um, but yeah, but, uh, but there's some good players that come. And they'll they'll win about you know anywhere between three hundred to four hundred dollars. So this um, so, I've already probably told this story on the podcast, but I'm going to tell you and any other new listeners that we got. Um, when I lived in Smithville, you know how small Smithville is. Uh, just mm-hmm. sm- same size as Flatonia, maybe a tad bit bigger. I just played poker all the time, you know, online poker. We had poker games, like weekly games. So when I moved to San Antonio, I didn't know I didn't know anybody except my my mom moved down here. So I moved in with my mom. I didn't know anybody. I got a job at a bank, 
and this guy brings in a lot of ones. And I'd ask him, I was like, man, I was like, where are you working at for all these ones? He's like, oh, man, I host these poker games. And I was like, oh, man, I love playing poker. I, ha- I haven't played since, you know, I've, I've moved from Smithville. I said, but I- I'd be interested in playing. He gives me his phone number. He's like, yeah, man, come. I have weekly games. Come see me. I said, okay, cool. One night I was bored. I text him. I said, hey, man, any games tonight? He said, yeah, right off Josephine Street. And I wasn't too familiar with the neighborhood because I wasn't really from that area. But I went over there, and the area just looked terrible to begin with. And I'm like, all right, yeah, let's give this a shot. So have you ever seen that movie? And this is the only thing I can kind of compare it to. Have you ever seen Training Day? Yeah. You ever remember that scene where uh, Ethan Hawke is in the kitchen and he wants to leave, yes. and they're like, "Nah, you're not going nowhere, man." Okay. That's that's exactly. what it was. We, they were all playing cards. We're all playing cards, and, and I I couldn't have had a better luck. Like I was just hitting everything, and like literally, I'm taking right all their on. money, and I had to work the next day because I didn't ex- I didn't expect to go in and win so much money so quick, and like it was like I don't know about one a.m. maybe two a.m. And I was like, man, I, I work tomorrow, guys. I got to cash out. And one guy literally looked at me. He's like, nah, man. What you think? You finna come here, a new player, come into our game and just take our money and leave? Nah, man. Play a couple more hands. And so oh my I, at, this, at this time, I'm only like 20. I'm like, all right, cool. So like, I, I, I tell myself, just play safe. Fold, 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 fold. You know, take your money. Go home. Cool. So I'm playing safe. I'd ask him if I can go to the bathroom. He says, yeah, go ahead, man. I'm walking. And I'm pretty sure I've seen a couple people do some illegal drugs in another room. I'm like, oh, man, I need to get the hell up out of here. So I was playing. I was playing. And I, I looked at the guy after a couple more hands. I was like, man, I was like, I really got to go, man. I was like, I work tomorrow. I was like, I'll come back next week, you know, give you a fair shot. I was like, I just got to go. The guy looks at me. He's like, you got to go, huh? And I'm like, yeah, man, I apologize. He's like, all right, man, cash them out. And the whole time I'm getting my money, I'm like, whole. Like, I, th- I think it, it wasn't like crazy money either but yeah like i said around 400 400 and i'm like i gotta get the hell up out of here and like i'm walking to my car and like one guy was just kind of walking me out i guess and the whole time i'm super paranoid and i'm like man this is not gonna go well and i remember just like putting my car and driving getting the hell out of there because i was so freaking nervous never called that guy back again never played with him again but there was one other time that i had played off of um west avenue and there was a line to get on the table, and there was like a hundred dollar buy in or something. These guys like, you want to wait? And I said, yeah. I end up sitting down, and everybody around me has, I don't know, eight nine hundred dollars on the table each, and I show up with like a hundred dollars. So by the time you know the it, the flop came out, the you either had to bet you know more than a hundred to play. So basically, I, I wait. I waited there for like my turn to bet. I went all in, and I've never lost $100 quicker in my life. I was like, oh, I'm out of here, and just like, yep. see you later. And like, it was the most embarrassing time. So I haven't played poker in San Antonio for a while. But every time I go to Vegas, I try to go to tournaments and things like that. But I thought it was super dope that you played poker too. Yeah, and just to quickly respond to that, uh, that actually happened to be at the – no, the, the last time I played in San Antonio, I won, the most, I won almost $1,000. That was the most I've ever won playing poker. Um, what do you but play the time before – uh, the SA Card House. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, and um, so the second time, no, the first time I went there with my stepdad, and, and if you're ever going to play poker, make sure you go with at least three buy-ins. If you can't afford three buy-ins, you probably shouldn't be sitting <laughs> at the there, table. Right, right. I learned, that's, that was uh, lesson because, learned. Yeah, because the first hand, your chances are, you're going to probably get, you know, you 
if you have pocket aces, you're probably going to go all in and they're, they might get cracked. So you just kind of have to think about that every single time. And of course, the very first hand, I got pocket queens. And I think it was like diamond and club. And of course, um, diamond, diamond, diamond comes out. And they're low. And so I think at that point, I might have like checked or something. And then this guy bet a huge, I think he bet 100 bucks. So I have to call. So, and I'm thinking he has, he flopped the flush. So I, I, I bet $100, you know, the turn comes obviously, it's like a, it's probably like a club or a state of the black card. And then he goes all in. And the crazy thing is, is the river was a diamond, but he rivered his straight flush. Uh, you never know. <laughs> so you never know. I, I lost $200 my very first hand in Texas, you know? So luckily... I had another buy-in, um, but that was just um, a lesson learned because it's like that's exactly why. I mean, unless you really don't care and you're going to get up and walk away, but, you know, that's not fun. I don't want to sit down and lose and go. Like, I want I wanted a shot at winning my money back. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's what's so, so, what's so shitty is I waited for like 45 minutes to get on the table, and literally I, I played one hand. I was like, all right, got to go, and just left. I, I, felt, I felt so defeated walking in my car that night. I was like, oh, man. That, no, it happens. People, and that's what's funny thing is we've all been there. Like, if you play poker for even like a little bit, like you, we all know how it goes. Like right. some days you're gonna just you're gonna be chip leader and you're just gonna feel amazing. Like the, that last night that I won big, like I had like a bunch of the regulars coming up to me like, oh, I see you killing it right now. You know, it's funny. And that was another thing that was funny about the guy who said what's up to me about swap planes is that or power planes is. He was, like, an older, like, random guy. Like, obviously, if it was, like, a young person that was, like, oh, I, I've seen you before, but I had no idea who he was, and it was, like, an older man, and I was just, like, oh, that is weird. Because, like, I, not not to be completely ageist, but, like, I probably wouldn't even know he had an Instagram, you know? It's just, right, like, that was right. just really funny. Right. Yeah, but that's cool. Yeah, I, it's funny because a lot of people are interested in me, like, uh, and, like, playing poker, and I, I just have to be honest with everyone and say, you know, I, I play, like, to, to learn and to get lucky and I play $40 no limit so like if you even know the basic rules like you can get lucky playing but you can also lose a lot of money playing 40 so you have to be really careful and that's why Matt likes to play 2-3 a lot because you're gonna get have a lot like people are gonna play smarter and a little bit tighter right exactly. you know at 40 like you're gonna play a bunch against a bunch of maniacs so that's just you know different dynamics and well, it's extremely hard to go from 40 to 2 3 and then back to 40 because it's like, it's, you know, especially it's just the dynamic. If you're so. winning, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. Well, I'm I glad have... you brought that up because I totally forgot about poker. Oh, like, I yeah, it. I was like, I know, I was like, I know there's something else on my page that people like look at and like, yeah, definitely poker. Fitness, food, comedy, poker. She's Fuego, got you covered on Instagram. Go follow her immediately. And as soon as I get the link for the YouTube, I'm going to definitely be promoting that as well, if you don't mind. No, you don't? Okay, great. No, I, I really appreciate that. And also, like I said, whenever you're in town, you want to play poker, let me know. Totally down. We can go play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, send, send me the link to the podcast, and I'll put it out there. I'm really excited. Thank uh, you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you, and, and we'll definitely be in touch, all right? For sure. Take care. All right, you too. All right, guys, there you go. That's She's Fuego from San Antonio, Texas.
to Orange County, California. Now she's all bougie and shit. Nah, but I thought it was pretty neat. Um, guy reached out to me. He's like, hey, man, you need to have her on. You know, she's in stand-up comedy. She's acting. You know, her Instagram's always popping and shit. So I reached out to her. She was nice enough to reach back out to me. And there you go. You know, I told her about 20, 25 minutes. That shit went an hour. Oops. My bad. My bad. There you go. She's Fuego. Again, follow on Instagram. S-H-E-S-F-U-E-G-O. All right, Jay Hinn, LJ, on Wax, the podcast. She's Fuego, special guest. Let's go. Adios.